If you've been following any of my speaking engagements throughout the summer or any of my resources or even just this podcast, you've heard me already talk a lot about formative assessment. It is really so important. Ideally, we should be formatively assessing our students every two to five to 10 minutes. And I get it, that's a lot, especially when you have to pay attention to everything else that's going on in your classroom and making sure you differentiated your lessons and so on and so on. But here's the thing, when we formatively assess our students, that actually takes care of a lot of those other things. The differentiation is already built in. The connecting with students is built in. The engagement piece and the community that's built in the classroom is all built in because we're taking the time to check in with our students to see where they are and how they're responding to the learning right now and giving feedback in real time and getting feedback as opposed to just teaching the lesson and then hoping it all works out at the end of the week, month, or unit. We don't have time for that. It's too busy. So this is why I created the Formative Fix. The Formative Fix is a simple course slash mini group coaching program over six weeks, where each week I show you and walk you through tutorial style how to make your own formative assessment. These formative assessments will go on to be templates that you can use over and over again in your classroom. So you can kind of think of this as a bundle of resources that you would otherwise get on a site like Teachers Pay Teachers, but instead of somebody else's resources that you don't even know if they'll be aligned to your standards or work for your kids, you'll know they were because you made them yourself. And if you decide later on that you want to open up your own store or shop on Teachers Pay Teachers or a site like that, you can use your own templates to create your own resources. So it's definitely dual purpose to help you formatively assess your students in your classroom and to help you make your own resources and make a little extra money on a site like Teachers Pay Teachers. I hope to see you in there. I have a discount code, especially for listeners. So be sure to grab the link from the episode description. And now on with the show. falling in love for a minute. It's a thrilling and exciting adventure for both parties. It's a journey. They're always learning. I want for your students to fall in love with math, and I'd love it if I could help you learn to love math too. When we start from there, our math instruction automatically becomes more engaging, more relevant, more effective, and even more fun. And that's what we're all about here on the Learning to Love Math podcast. Hi, by the way, I'm Brittany. I'm a teacher, tutor, math learning coach, and the creator behind the Teachers Pay Teacher store, Math with Minis. In just two short years, I went from basically being math illiterate to having students make two years worth of games with math in my classroom. With mindset, motivation, masterminding, and a little bit of coaching, we can make math magical for our students. Let's get on to today's episode. Welcome to the Learning to Love Math podcast. I'm so excited for you to hear this conversation with Melissa from that one cheerful classroom. It was seriously so good. She shares so much wisdom and knowledge when it comes to lesson planning and curriculum mapping and classroom management and just really owning your practice and professionalism as a teacher. I know I've personally learned so much from her and I admire her, how much she's stepping out of her comfort zone as an educator, as an entrepreneur, and I just think we all have so much to learn from her. So definitely listen to this whole episode. I also wanted to let you know 
know she's going to mention this, but I was a speaker for her conference, a cheerful math education conference, and you can actually still get access to the sessions. So even though the free weekend has already passed, I sent emails out about that. You can still get an all access pass for $77 and I'll be sure to link that in the show notes in case you're interested. And I wanted to let you know now. So that way, if you needed to, you can pause this episode, you can go grab the episode description and get the link from there if needed. And of course, as always, all of the links are in the episode description. And if for some reason you can't find something or if your podcast app is acting funky, you can go ahead and send me a DM on Instagram over at Math with Minis. Okay, now on to the show. Okay, welcome or welcome back to the Learning to Love Math podcast. My name is Brittany Roberts. If you're new to me, my name is still Brittany Roberts if you're not new to me. And I am so glad to have a friend, a fellow TPT seller, a fellow seller helper, Melissa Martinez from that one triple classroom. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you because today we are talking about curriculum mapping. And this is something that I have talked with my friends about. We have all said secretly that if people did this, if teachers did this more, their jobs, their lives would be so much easier. Things would be planned more in advance. They would already know what they're doing. I don't know about you guys. My first couple of years was just survival mode. I was literally planning in the car on the way to school. Like, okay, what are we doing today? Did I remember everything? And I spent many a Sunday night during the later half of my first year trying to get everything more organized, but I was still like surviving week to week at that point. So if you wouldn't mind, Melissa, if you just want to share a little bit about who you are, what you do, and why curriculum mapping? Why is it something you're so excited about right now? So I am a former upper elementary teacher. Um, Well, I can't say totally upper elementary because I did teach kindergarten for two years, but upper elementary is my favorite. I'm a little, I don't know. They have a special place in my heart. I started out in a very rural school district that had no curriculum. You were just given a set of standards as a brand new teacher, that is super stressful. I had no idea what to do. And so I would go in at 6 a.m. and leave around 5 p.m. every single day. And then I found myself working even whenever I got home in the evenings and again on the weekends, and it was just not sustainable. So I had to figure out a way to change things because I was exhausted. I hated my job at that point because I just felt like I had no life. Then I decided, you know what? I'm just going to take time and look through the standards I'm given and piece them together in a way that actually makes sense so that my kids can be successful. After that second year of teaching, I moved to a different district that actually gave us a curriculum, but it was so outdated that like nothing, (laughs) nothing was relevant anymore. It did not match up to any standards. It had worksheets, which was fantastic, I guess, for like a time filler, but that was it. I was able to take what I had figured out in those first couple of years and move forward. And I never worked after contract hours unless it was like a required event. Now that I am out of the classroom, I see teachers complaining all the time about having to stay late. And I was like, oh, I feel you so much on that. And I want to help you. So I decided I'm going to help people learn how to curriculum map because I don't want them to have to stay late. Like I have a, he'll be two at the end of this month, which is really sad to say, two-year-old. I can't imagine being a teacher and staying after work and not getting to see your kids or doing whatever you love. So that's kind of my background. 
I love that so much. And I think that's something we've talked about a lot on the podcast is how teachers are overworked. They're overwhelmed. I can just imagine someone listening. I can even imagine past Brittany listening and saying, curriculum mapping definitely sounds like something I might be interested in, but one, that sounds like a lot of work and then it might actually take me more time. And two, you're saying it helped you go home earlier. How is that? When did you do it? What does it actually look like? What, like, what does curriculum mapping actually look like? What is the process? How is it different from lesson planning? I know that was five questions in one. So let's first start with, <laughs> let's first start with, isn't curriculum mapping more work? Cause I feel like that's something a lot of people would think when they first hear it. It is a lot of work up front, but really, if you just sit down for an hour, or two for a week, you can get a whole month or two mapped out once you really get the system down. And then once you have your map completely created, all you have to do from year to year is make tiny tweaks. I personally put it into a Google Sheet, link every single material that I use. And then for the next year, all I have to do is change dates and add in breaks that may not have been there. How is it different from lesson planning? Because lesson planning is something that we do often daily or weekly, depending on how we have it set up with our school. So what is curriculum mapping specifically? Like, how would you define it? And then how is it different from lesson planning? Curriculum mapping is more of like a long-term thing, whereas your lesson plans are going to be more like these specific dates. So whenever I go about curriculum mapping, I look at the standards and I think, well, how many skills are in here? How many days is it going to take to teach each of these skills? So an example would be whenever we are teaching, maybe your curriculum says multiplication comes first, which I think is absurd. We have to think, well, what do they have to know before that? So I will put out in my map, like I need to, before I even touch this first unit, think about what comes before And so it's really just putting your standards in like a logical order, thinking about how long it could take, and then giving yourself a little bit of buffer room for if you need to make any tweaks or extend something because your kids did not understand it the first time. And it's really just, it tells you basically what topics you're teaching during a certain amount of time, whereas your lesson planning is this day you're teaching this. Love that definition. That makes it so clear. And I apologize in advance if you hear my cat in the background. This literally happens every single time I'm on a call. She wants to come in once she hears me talking. I hear that. And I could imagine a new teacher still hearing that and saying, that sounds so overwhelming though. And isn't this something that maybe a curriculum director or someone at the school is already doing? Because I know when I first heard that, I was like, well, isn't that what instructional coaches do? Like, don't they do the curriculum mapping or doesn't the district do it? Now I hear, I have a, I have a suspicion of what you're going to say, because you kind of mentioned about multiplication coming first and how that's totally whack. But could you just share a little bit about that in case someone's hearing that and wondering like, why do I have to do this as a teacher? Isn't this someone else's job that has a, a higher pay grade, for example? Oftentimes, from what I can tell, most districts don't actually have anybody to do that for you. And they don't have the funds to bring them in to make your life easier is really why you would want to curriculum map. And I know that kind of sounds a little, eh, but it's more about in the long run, you're going to feel better because you're not going to be stressing the night before. Like what in the world am I teaching? If you do have a curriculum, like an instructional coach or something at your school, They might do that, but they may also be like, okay, well, this is what the district has given us, and this is how I would suggest approaching it. The instructional coaches could be the ones to do that, but also 
when was the last time they were in your classroom? When did they actually teach last? Probably a long time ago. So you were more direct. I thought you were going to go the diplomatic route. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing of like, you know, and it's not a dig. If you're, if you're listening to this and you're an instructional coach or curriculum director, I'm sending you all the love. I'm making a little heart signal right now, but it's so true. If you haven't taught in a while or not even just taught in a while, like, Ooh, I'm about to say something that's going to get me canceled. Oh, well, I'm going to do it. Okay. Just because someone, just because someone is an admin doesn't necessarily mean that they're a good teacher or curriculum planner, you know, and they're completely different skills. I will even say like me naturally, even though I cre- create like activities and worksheets and resources, like that is not a natural strength of mine, curriculum mapping. It's something I've had to work at because I saw that this was a skill that I had a deficit in and I had to do it. And I think a lot of times, like when someone becomes an instructional coach, they don't necessarily have a strength in curriculum mapping. They have a strength maybe in mental mentorship or helping new teachers with classroom management. And those are beautiful things that we definitely need, but it also means that there is a hole or a gap in planning. And it can be really frustrating for the kids. Like imagine like, okay, we talked about multiplication coming first. Okay. Imagine not understanding what addition is. All right. You're a kid, you're in third grade, you don't know how to add. And now you have to do multiplication backs, which Okay, you might be able to memorize them, but what is multiplication? Multiplication is repeated addition. So now you have like this huge gap in your learning and the teacher's stressed out because, which you all know about, because, oh, well, we have to move on because the pacing guide says I have to be on lesson 2.1 by Thursday, right? And that leads to so many problems. And so I completely agree with, with you, Melissa. And I know it's hard for us to hear because it's like, oh, one more thing, one more thing syndrome. But I really do think that when you take the time to do this, my uh, mentor teacher and my co-teachers and I, we took a lot of time and looked at our curriculum and said, what works, what doesn't. We actually eliminated certain lessons because they were fluff. They weren't really needed. And we boiled it down to those essential skills and standards. And that was amazing. It made me a better teacher because I had to sit there and think, what is the essential standard here? What is the prerequisite learning? What is the gap that I have to fill? And my kids were so much better for it. And that was the, the year that we did that. I saw amazing gains on our NWEA test from beginning to from pre to post. And honestly, even the state standards, like we have like a 20% meet more meat proficiency, which is amazing at a school like ours, which if anyone has a title one school, then you know what I'm talking about. It's like all the challenges. If someone wanted to get into curriculum mapping, what would you recommend? Like if someone heard this and was like, okay, like I'll look a little more into it. I'm still not sure. What would you recommend as like a first step or a next step? If it's something they're still exploring. Um, If you're still exploring it, I do have some resources that you can look at. I have some blog posts and I just put up my first YouTube video about it. And there's a series to come that will get you your first month of school mapped out in five days. So we will be walking through my five main steps, which the first step is to create your calendar. Then you want to select your standards, gather your materials add them to your calendar, and then just revise, review, and redo. I will take you through like every little step for your first month. That's awesome. Because I know that can be like, I feel teachers, like it's so hard, especially if you've been out of school for like one or two weeks, you're probably not even thinking about this right now. In fact, you might be listening to this like closer to July. And so I totally understand if you're like checked out for a little bit, but again, it's that whole spending more time now to have more time later. I will tell you once I started doing that, honestly, 
if you're a TPT seller listening to this, it's kind of like batching, but for teaching, right? I mean, that's literally what it is. And so if you are also doing multiple things, not even if you're a TPT seller, if you have like a side business, if you are, or if you just have kids in sports and you're running around like a headless chicken, you know, which is a lot of time how it is. And you're a teacher, this would be so helpful to you because you're going to feel more confident. You're going to feel more prepared. And there is no price you can put on that feeling. And that little bit of time is going to save you so much stress. And you're going to have that confidence, which classroom management is all about that. You know, walking in, having that kind of energy about you where you're like, I've got this, the kids can feel that they will respond to that. So I think you'll also find if you're like struggling to get your kids to listen to you, be respectful, to actually be engaged with the content, you knowing what's coming next is going to really help with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm just super excited for that. What else do you have going on? Do you want to talk about the conference that you're hosting? Yes, I would love to. So actually, I'm going to have a session about planning effective math lessons, the Cheerful Math Education Conference, but then you can upgrade your pass to get access for a year plus $250 or more worth of like free goodies to implement in your classroom. And there are so many amazing speakers. Brittany is one of them. I'm so excited to see what everybody brings to share with everyone. So Melissa, I just love everything you do. I just want to say like, Melissa, just as one of my friends, she works so hard. She's super passionate about this. Like this is her life's work. And if you're not already, definitely go follow her. You should definitely go to the conference too, because it's free as long as you're engaged during those days. And if you want to upgrade later then you can, but if you are like strapped for cash right now, you can go for free. You can do this for free. And I'll make sure that link is in the episode description as well. Melissa, where else can they go to find you and watch your videos? And I'm so excited you have a YouTube video on it, by the way. Where can they go to find you and connect with you and learn more from you? I am mostly on Instagram at that one cheerful classroom. I am branching out a little bit to TikTok. Brittany's kind of pushing me out of my comfort zone a little bit with video and things, <laughs> which I can only say thank you. I also have a YouTube channel. It's also that one cheerful classroom. I post a blog every single week. If you want to learn more about different things, like I said earlier, I am going to be doing a curriculum mapping kind of series. It'll go both on my blog and on YouTube. And I also have been turning my YouTube videos into podcasts. So if you want to listen instead you can find it at Cheerful Classroom Podcast. It's on Apple Podcast and Google Podcast and I don't know, everywhere, I think. <laughs> oh my gosh. First off, I did not know she had a podcast, you guys. She sprung that one on me, but I'm about to go listen to it. So I'm writing it down. So get ready, Melissa. People are going to come listen to your podcast and watch your videos. Ah, so excited. Um, I, I love that. And I hope that you guys feel encouraged to push yourself out of your comfort zones. Like that looks different for everybody. I know that not everybody who listens has a business or wants to run one, but curriculum mapping could be that for you. You know, it's just doing one little thing at a time to improve your teaching. And I'm definitely not a proponent of less I mean, I don't know. Personally, I do like to burn everything down to the ground and start over because that's exciting to me, but I know that's not for everyone. So that can be really overwhelming. Just changing one little thing every school year to make it more manageable for you. And I don't want to say curriculum mapping is little because it's not, but that could be the little tweak you make is taking that time at the beginning 
and getting more of your time back and also just getting your, like getting the stress reduced of like, Oh, what am I teaching this week? What are we going to do? Like, like, Oh no, I have to keep up with the pacing guide. Like, no, you get to set the pace based on what your students need. And you have your own map. I just think that's so powerful. And can I just say from like the money side here, if you ever decide you want to leave teaching or pursue additional opportunities, maybe want to work in ed tech, maybe you want to just do something on the side, or maybe you want to become an instructional coach. You can do that. This will actually make you more equipped because you're building that skill and putting it on your resume. So please don't sleep on this. Have all those links in the episode description. And of course you can go connect with her on Instagram over at that one cheerful classroom. Thank you so much, Melissa. Thank you for having me.